Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. All of us come from the workforce and some of you are in jobs where you, you have to produce more than others and all of that kind of thing and you want to do everything with excellence but you have to be very careful that you're not in there striving against somebody else notice what again one of david's sons solomon said anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood but jealousy is even more dangerous now remember who fell initially because of jealousy who satan he wanted to be like God. There's always pressure to do your best work in the midst of putting your nose to the grindstone while simultaneously looking at your co-workers. It's really easy to become competitive with those around you. Sometimes your employer encourages that competition either subtly or explicitly. If that competition becomes unhealthy, someone else's success can breed jealousy. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark will be reminding you that the first jealous employee was Lucifer. That's a sobering thought, which hopefully will remind you to have Prince Jonathan's attitude rather than Satan's. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 18, as Pastor Mark continues teaching through his series called The Life of David. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When we begin to understand all of the things that are happening here, when God ordains to bless somebody else, we've talked about this before, all of a sudden God blesses some other church in the community and they just blow things out of the water and it goes crazy and they're building buildings and going nuts and whatever. As long as they're teaching the word of God. Now, would we have trouble? Yeah, we'll probably all have to fight jealousy a little bit, but that jealousy's wrong. See, it's not about us. It's not about this church. It's not about you or me. It's not about your ministry. Sometimes ministries, home groups, ministries, things just, it's just over and you have to move on. Well, this is what's happening here. Life isn't about us. It's about God. And when God blesses somebody else, we actually should be glad for them and defeat that old jealous attitude that's in us. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for a moment. This was not unknown later in the church. It's still known today in our churches. And we have to, uh, we have to fight this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he doesn't like, he doesn't like what he sees. Look at what he says in verse 1. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. In other words, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, still not ready. You are still worldly. 
Well, how do we know what that looks like? For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? So Paul is correcting these believers who were living like unbelievers. The proof is envy, jealousy, strife among them, the way the world works. So Paul says such behavior is characteristics of who you used to be. It's characteristic of a baby. That's mine. It should not be characteristic of those who are filled with the Spirit of God. Look at verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So Paul says, get real. Take a look at who you are. Take a look at me. Paulus has his deal. I've got my deal. We're just men. God gave the increase. We didn't have anything to do with the increase. So that's why here in this church or any other church, you can just change names. I follow uh, Pastor Dave or Pastor Dean or Pastor Bo. You follow Pastor Mark. Well, I like Pastor Dean or Bo. Bo. That, we don't have that trouble, but it could happen. It could happen. And some churches do that, and there's this amazing jealousy. Well, how many times did he speak? Well, Pastor Mark was going, he did it four times. And it, I, mean, I only spoke once, and what's happening with that? Well, that's natural. That's our natural ability to go in there and just be in the flesh. And Colossians says this. We look at the sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything that started in him, Jesus, and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he holds it all together right up to this very moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes it, he holds it together like a head does a body. So we have to rewind it tonight. In our lives, in this church, there's only one head. It's God. And we're just gifted, and we just serve God, all of us. So as you can thinking about all of this, the next thing I want you to write is this, because this is what you're going to see happen to the, the life of Saul. Maybe you're here tonight, and there's some of those kind of things in ministry or all kind of things happening. Be very careful. Pride, jealousy, and fear lead to a miserable life. It's just a miserable life. And you're going to see in a moment as we go through it, It consumes King Saul. He can't stand it. All of us come from the workforce, and some of you are in jobs where you you have to produce more than others and all of that kind of thing. And you want to do everything with excellence, but you have to be very careful that you're not in there striving against somebody else. Notice what, again, one of David's sons, Solomon, said, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood. But jealousy is even more dangerous. Now, remember who fell initially because of jealousy. Who? Satan. He wanted to be like God. And that caused him to fall. So we have to be very careful. Now, let's head back. 1 Samuel 18, verse 10. Now, the next day, so remember the kind of spirit that's already on King Saul That spirit of jealousy, the old flesh, it's working on him. Spirit of God's left him. The next day, an evil spirit from God, God allowed this, came forcibly upon Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was 
playing his harp, as he usually did, because he's trying to get that music to soothe Saul's evil spirit. And Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But notice how many times. But David eluded him twice. Let's talk about that for a moment. If you're David, when David was winding up to kill the giant, who directed the stone? God did. It wasn't just David's talent. Here's Saul and David sitting over there playing his instrument. And twice, what? What? who directed the javelin away from David? God. Now, if you're David and spear one comes, tell me your emotion. Now, you're a young guy. Tell me your emotion. You already know what your emotion is, isn't it? What happens when spear two comes? Double. Double. So what would our normal tendency be? <laughs> Don't laugh. Would our normal tendency be to pick up the spear and throw it back? Absolutely. David doesn't pick up the spear. David doesn't throw it back. What are we beginning to see in David? A man after God's own heart. You see, when you look at that, could you really blame David? If he struck back, I mean, realistically in court, what would they call it? Self-defense. But David had a different heart than Saul. It wasn't a matter of what he could get away with. It was a matter of what God wanted David to do. David was determined, probably because he watched both of those go by him, David was determined to leave the situation in God's hands. If he was really anxious, he could take the throne when? Right now. By killing King Saul. It would have been warranted. But he doesn't. He leaves it in the care of God. Now, I have a question for all of us tonight. Have you been throwing spears at others? Well, Pastor Mark, it's justified. I didn't ask you that. Have you been throwing spears at others? They may deserve it. They may have thrown the first. But you want to have, like David is, a heart after God. And so there's the self-control. We'll get to the fruit of the Spirit in a moment. That's the self-control that David has. That's amazing. He's a young guy. I mean, he's a young guy, and young people usually just don't even think. They just react. But he doesn't pick up the spear and throw. Now look at verse 12. Because of this reaction, look at verse 12. Saul was afraid of David. Now why was he afraid of David? The answer is here. Because the Lord was with David, but he had left Saul. That's a huge key verse. Here we see the contrast of lifestyles. Saul is not afraid of David as a man. Saul is afraid of David because the Spirit of God is on David. And Saul knows that the Spirit of God has left him. David walked in harmony with God while Saul was walking in his own human wisdom 
in his own human flesh. Now keep your finger there. Let's go back to Galatians just for a moment. I think it's good to see in the New Testament how Saul would address this same situation. Galatians chapter 5, go down to verse 17. Verse 17. And here we see this contrast, or you might say tonight, not a contrast, but a battle of two kingdoms. For the sinful nature, verse 17, desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. And if you never underline this part, you need to underline it. So that you do not do what you want. If you've ever said, I didn't want to do that, I promised God I'd never do it again. Here's why, right here. Because the conflict was there, and you gave in to the old nature, not the new nature. See, every one of us is born with a sin nature. You know that. It's a nature that, well, came from Satan. So it's in rebellion to God. That nature wants to please itself. It wants to live independent from God, doesn't want anything from God, doesn't want God telling us how to work, do anything. And so if we're trying to overcome that nature that's in us by our own energy and wisdom, we will always fail. If you're trying to overcome your flesh in your own energy and by your own religion, religious good works, you'll always struggle and fail. I love to evaluate my life and ask God for new goals, goals that he would want, things that I can try to achieve with him, but I'll never achieve those goals in my own strength and energy. Won't ever work. But notice verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what does that mean? Write this down. God came to provide man a new nature. God knew... Like Saul, Saul does not have the Spirit of God in him. He cannot please God. He can't do what he wants to do. David has the Spirit of God in him. So he is able to rely on that. David could have gone right back to his flesh, picked up the Spirit, and thrown it at Saul. But he doesn't. He allows God to help him to be led and to live and to act by the Spirit of God. So remember... A little different. Saul had it put on him, anointed when Samuel came. For you and I, when you and I come at salvation, God puts the Holy Spirit in our lives and makes the old spirit man in us that was dead alive. And so inside of every one of us, there's still this tug, this spiritual war, this tug. And it's between my old sinful nature that loves to come and rise up and go, get your way, get your way, Balmer, get your way. And my new spirit nature that God says, no, no, this is the way to go. Just walk in it. Follow me, follow me, follow me. You be led by me. You watch good things happen. So God gives us a guarantee of a lifestyle that's an overcoming lifestyle. Look back quickly at verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, live under the Spirit, Live full of the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. That's the guarantee. The inner war is always winnable. So I can't say, well, that's my nature. Well, we already know that. We all have the same nature. But the war is winnable if we live by the Spirit. We will not give in to the Spirit. We will not gratify the desires. Now, what is the contrast between those two lifestyles? Just, just quickly, look at verse 19. 
Now, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. We can tell, you know what it looks like, that old nature rises up. Sexual immorality. Turn on MTV. You already see what it's like. It's pleasing to the kids. It's exciting. One night stands, all kind of stuff. They love it. It's great. They don't see the end result of it. Impurity. Debauchery. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Discord. There's the word. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. I just want my way. And dissensions and factions. And envy. And drunkenness. And orgies. And the like. And the like includes all the other things that fit in and above and around that. Notice what Paul says. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, this is a huge warning, guys, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That simply means, if that's a lifestyle, uncontrolled in your life, something's wrong. That will keep you. No way you can be a follower of God if that's a lifestyle. We all sin, we all fail, but that can't be the lifestyle that's going on. But look at verse 22 again. But, here's the contrast. If I let the Spirit live in me, like David is there, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience. David's going to wait 20 years to have God's will fulfilled. Kindness, what you just see there, he just escapes. He doesn't pick up a sword, he just walks out. He doesn't even yell at the king. He just walks out. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the big one, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified their sinful nature with its passions and desires. Here's the last two verses. Since we live by the Spirit... Let's just simply keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So back to 1 Samuel 18, we see that contrast in the lives of these two men, David and King Saul. Now look at verse 12 again. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. Saul doesn't have the Spirit of God, thus what's he have in him? Jealousy, hatred, bitterness. He wants to kill. David is full of the Spirit. And as we said, he has gentleness, meekness, self-control, and the rest. Now look at verse 13. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their command. In everything he did, speaking of David, he had great success because the Lord was with him. I want you to write this statement down. Our success in life is related directly to our relationship with God. Now, don't don't take success in life as success in the world. Success in life is doing the will of God, having peace and purpose and fulfillment, expanding the kingdom of God, and God blesses us in a million other ways along the way. It's not a worldly success. It's not on somebody's list or how many cars you have, big hold, boats, whatever, retirement, all that. It has nothing really to do with any of that. Success is doing the will of God because that's where his pleasure is. That's where success is. That's where fulfillment is. That's exactly where David is. Now, how we handle success in life is critical. Now, when we're praised, when we're popular, what's the danger? 
What's the danger for David right now? David's a young man. What's the danger for David right now? To let it all go to where? His head. He has a head to look at. A big head to look at. It's King King Saul's head is what? Keeping getting smaller and smaller. He's got nothing in his head now. It's just, he's useless. But remember the head that David had? Whose head was it? Goliath. He knows what happens to big heads. It's a good reminder for us tonight. The danger is to let it go to the head. So all of us, we have to think about that tonight. So think about what's happening. David's a young guy, and he's going to have to learn to handle success. Anything we do in life, if people begin to praise us, if we become popular, we have to be very careful that we know how to handle success. And typically, it's more dangerous for a younger person because they've not failed enough. I've always wondered in our lives why God picks certain days and times and times to elevate and other times to not and then other times to elevate. and other I, I have no idea. But I know somehow behind it, God knows that if he elevates us too soon or too often, we can't handle it and we'll be useless. And so those of you that are younger guys tonight, I talk to this a lot to the young guys on staff because they're in a church where God's blessing is amazing. All these campuses and all these people and all the ministry and all the influence we have, it's amazing. We have to be very careful. never goes to our head. It goes to the head, not to our head. It's God. Here's what we'll learn from David. David is teachable. David is humble. His motives are right, and his actions are right. So he doesn't let it go to his head. Look at verse 15. Now, when Saul saw how successful he was, here we go again, he was afraid of him. This jealousy is raging in Saul's heart. That's what jealousy does. It becomes an obsession with him. Now, you're going to watch, and it's hard for us to imagine it can happen, but you're going to watch what Saul is going to try to do now because he's jealous of David. See, he's the older man, and his popularity is just plummeting. It's plummeting. Here's this young guy. Everything he touches goes to good. Everybody sings about him. And he's rising. And Saul can't handle it. Look at verse 16. But all Israel and Judah love David. So it's not just in a few people. It's not just some of the ladies coming out and dancing and singing for David. It's the whole nation of Judah love him. Why? Because he led them in their campaigns. And Saul said to David, Here's my older daughter, Merib. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. Now watch Saul's motive. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. Now, remember Saul had promised to whoever would kill Goliath, what was one of his promises? He got this bonus tax thing that we just got through, Obama's bonus tax thing. Got this additional money coming into him. What else was it? His daughter. He'd give him the king's daughter. And that would happen. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about Jonathan's attitude, his submission to God's will for his life. Even though he was next in line to be king, he was more concerned with obeying God. You were reminded about the challenge that all people have, which is to put pride and personal desires aside and submit to what God wants to do through you. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete this installment of his series, The Life of David. He'll continue to challenge you to put on God's nature in your life and throw off the fleshly nature you'll observe in the life of Saul. You'll be reminded that God, who knows everything about you as well as the path your life will take, wants to give you success. All you have to do is trust Him and obey His commands. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.